Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Happy New Year one and all and welcome to this bonus episode of Soundtracking as we kick off 2019 by celebrating the nominees for the EE Rising Star Award at February's British Academy Film Awards. Now in its 14th year, the EE Rising Star Award is the only category at the ceremony voted for by the public. You, film fans around the world. Previous winners have included Tom Holland, James McAvoy, Eva Green, Tom Hardy, Christian Stewart, John Boyega and last year's winner, Daniel Kaluuya. So how are the nominees chosen? Well, a panel of industry experts and enthusiasts gather at BAFTA HQ to discuss potential candidates at length. I know this because I was one of them. We all take this very seriously, but we also are absolutely honoured to be involved. And so to the shortlist, presented in alphabetical order in the time-honoured tradition. The nominees for the EE Rising Star Award are Jesse Buckley, Cynthia Erivo, Barry Keown, Lakeith Stanfield and Letitia Wright. Now, all you have to do to vote online for your favourite is head to ee.co.uk forward slash BAFTA now. The winner will be revealed at the EE British Academy Film Awards at the Royal Albert Hall on Sunday the 10th of February. So to give you a flavour of the competition, I am absolutely delighted to say I'm joined by the three female nominees, starting in the time-honoured tradition of reverse alphabetical order with Letitia Wright. Now, it's been a mind-blowing year for the Tottenham-born actor, starring as she did in the two highest-grossing films of 2018, Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. And it's with Ludwig Göransson's sensational score for Black Panther that we begin. And the cue, Busan Karchins. I feel honoured that I know and I'm so happy for you and it's so deserved that you're an EE Rising star. Um, how do you feel about it? I feel super 
grateful because I've been watching the BAFTAs for years and I've been watching my friends, um, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Tom Holland, John Boyega, and people whom I haven't met yet, nominees, you know, yeah. um, people nominated for uh, E! Rising Star, Naomi Harris, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. I look up to their work so much. So to now be considered as, it's just, I'm excited. <laughs> as you should be. I mean, you, you made a pretty kind of brilliant impact, I think, from early on in your career and being recognised for, for roles early on with Urban Hymns and things like that as mm -hmm. well and, and, and being a breakthrough Brit as well. But there was something really special about this role, I think, in Black Panther that, yeah. that resonated with all ages, all sexes, and mm -hmm. she was just a fierce and brilliant character yeah great it's on the page she's written there but i think in terms of bringing her to life mm -hmm. it's so much down to you and your interpretation of her and how you played her mm -hmm. so i hope you don't mind me saying that too thank you so much i'm chuffed, I'm chuffed. yeah it is i mean did, was that evident to you that she was a pretty special yeah being? i think yeah from the <laughs> from the paper i guess from the time i was reading like the fake quote-unquote the fake sides that they would send. Um, I had a feeling that she was very special. And then the word kept going around with my agencies um, in the US um, and the, in the UK that she was the Black Panther's sister. And this is what she has a huge um, character arc. And, mm. you know, she becomes a Black Panther and all of these. But I didn't really care about that because that can make you um, really anxious and make you think, whoa, what does the future look like? And, this could be huge, but I just thought, this is just a regular girl. Mm -hmm. She just happens to be a princess. Um, and <laughs> she, she uses it to her, uh, her advantage at some, you know, some scenarios when she wants to get out of, like, the, the, the traditional... Um, the roles. The, yeah, 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 the, the, yeah, the roles yeah, of being exactly, a princess, yeah. you know, supporting your brother as he takes the throne. Like, look, hurry up. I've got a corset on. I want to... Look, I'm the princess. And then, you know, yeah. and then you can see that that just being shut down by her mother, just pinching her. Like, that family dynamic is yeah. still there, even though they're in royalty. So I, I knew from the jump that this character was very special. And it was something that Ryan said to me during the audition process where he was like, Shuri, Shuri has a light about her mm -hmm. and you have that. There's a light in you that I need to come out. So you've got it. Like, just let your light shine. Like, mm -hmm. in so many words, he was kind of like speaking Bible verses there, but it's kind of like, just let your light shine. And I put two and two together and I was like, okay, cool. This is an opportunity to show a young person that's just, you know, who loves what they do, but they have this incredible light and love mm. and passion for what they do. So just let that shine. Yeah. And I guess that's what resonated to audience members. You know, people kept getting hit with that light and they're like, who, it, what is that? And it's just something that is placed inside of me. You know, I'm so thankful for it. Something that God has just placed inside of me that I just want to shine this light. And through different characters and th different roles, I'm able to do that. And I think Shuri, out of every character I've played in my in my career so far, has embodied that. Yeah, so she's definitely a shining light in the world. Does music play a part in your career in terms of prepping for roles, mm -hmm. for being in roles, to finding emotions, finding... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It does, yeah. It <laughs> has a huge part, you know, making playlists um, to go with your character's vibe and what they're feeling. That's yeah. very important. For example, like, when I'm getting ready for Act 3 for The Convert, 
the play that I'm doing we now. We should just see actually. Which we're, we're in, a, we're, we're, we're in, a, we're in a, a house. We're in a quiet room. We're in a quiet room <laughs> at, the con, at the Young Vic. Um, so I would listen to Nia, uh, Nia Simone, um, Strange Fruit, oh, because wow. that makes me think about all of the, the oppression and things that went on in Africa and it makes me think about our people and the struggle we went through and it just puts me into that place. Southern trees Barren strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze Strange fruit hanging From the poplar trees for Shuri, for example. What does she listen to? Black Panther. I listen to <laughs> a, lot, a lot of um, a lot of rap, but <laughs> so I, I discovered a lot of um, essay rap, like South African okay. um, artists, like fresh young people that nobody have ever heard before. I just started to YouTube them. Uh, rappers that are also from the Corsa tribe. Um, I listen to them a lot. I forgot their names, Don't but they're they're on a them. playlist somewhere <laughs> yeah. in Apple Music. Hussein, Hosea Tribe, Brooklyn, Langa, all my EC people, what's good, and Johnny Baba, that's how we get down. to a lot of that i listen to a lot of like you know like hip-hop music some chilled vibe stuff tom mish like little sims i would i would play her on set every you play it on set as yeah well. yeah so ryan would let us play music on set too that's awesome. so that was dope so when we did when we did all of the lab scenes yeah um in between takes i'll just get to like everybody to like bump some music get it into the lab you know because we had like my my scientists were, were super young people too yeah. like myself um so we would all be vibing to music and then we'd be like and cut the music and go so that carried the scene that had the the vibrancy of of oh, of, wow. of the scene yeah it helped a lot so music is an important part yeah 
Conversations with Mother Earth Father he left with no warning I'm so disturbed Shit that you're feeding me man I'm sure that I've stomached worse Trying to open my eyes Knowing my vision's blurred Everything's so absurd Know I'm an introvert So I know the feeling when you're seen But you're never heard It's crazy ain't it Look into the heavens That can you save me maybe Am I a little too ambitious But my origin is not this planet The apocalypse will soon commence How do you feel when your soul's abandoned My appearance is turning morbid No secrets inside the stories The apocalypse will soon commence What would you do as a forfeit Shit man my thoughts are distorted I'm in too deep Though it's not all dark Look at the scenery Trees grew into the sky Look at the leaves beneath Yellow and orange are the colours That will speak to me Synesthesia ain't deceiving me Mind right, flow tight And my heart is where it needs to be As long as the people believe in me Look into my eyes, shit man I can tell that you're reading me As long as the people believe in me I don't mind guys were all on the kind of promo trail for for the film and yeah, stuff yeah. and or seeing your Instagram lives and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even in between interviews or doing junkets and stuff, you would always have the tunes yeah, yeah, yeah. on. You would always be keeping people entertained with yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah, music, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a companion for you by the sound yeah, of things. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, showing um, Sebastian um, had to had to whip and nene <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it was fun. So music is an important part to all of our lives and what we do. Yeah. What yeah. about in terms of within a role? Has music ever been something that you've needed to to call on it in terms of performance mm, can you sing yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah hey man you need to come see this show I do called need to come. the convert it's on till the end of january yeah 26 january right. 26 at yeah the, i have young to Vic. yeah i have to sing at the end and it's like a oh, wow. it's like a love song to god and she sings it at the end and yeah she has to call on music to kind of like inspire um, and get hope back into the room. So it's beautiful. Um, the second time I've had to use music is definitely an urban hymn, mm -hmm. which at first I was so against it because I was like, firstly, I'm not a singer and to be able to, to do that is such a skill and such a, a, an art. But thankfully, I connected so much with the character that whenever I would attempt to sing the songs, I would just put my heart and my soul into it. Mm -hmm. So that's another place in my life where music has played um, an important part in, in a natural role that yeah. I had to play. My feet will always land just right Towards an easy way of life I'll be right there on the edge looking down I'll be there with you 
You can tell by my face I'm not messing around. Gotta grab your senses and not lose out. And the scratches are much deeper in your frame of mind. I should know I was there. But if you run off again, I hope to see you. Back to Black Panther and what what Ryan and and, and Ludwig and Kenrick did with that mm -hmm. soundtrack as well for that mm -hmm. film was just I thought it was unbelievable dope. and getting recognition now as well as we yeah. kind of enter that award season for yeah. for you know genuinely chuffed that they're it's getting recognised for what they've created because mm -hmm. it was absolutely yeah. amazing so perfect for the film as well. Yep. I love what they did with it. It's like. It's just weird this year, just rolling around in cabs and then just hearing like all of the light, um, all of the stars yeah. come on with Scissor oh, and, and Kendrick and just going like, this is a song for our movie. King's Dead, you know, and just rock into it and it's like, yo, this tune is sick, but not remembering yeah. that this is a song that's made for our film. Miss me with that bush. You ain't really wild, you a tourist. I be blacking out with the purest. I made a hundred thousand, then I freaked it. I made five hundred thousand, then I freaked it. I bought an 87 for the weekend. This ain't what you want, this ain't what you want. And it's like that look, MVP, I don't get no sleep, no, I don't like that look. Bust that open, I want that ocean, yeah, that bite back look. Do it bite back look, need two life jack look. I ain't gon' hold ya, I ain't gon' pressure, never control ya. I ain't gon' front ya, keep it 100, I don't know ya. Boss like top dog, boss my life up, crossing over. Started stepping, got a hall of fame and all my poster. I've been ready, my whip been ready, my been ready, my click been ready, my been ready, my checks been ready, my shots on full, that's all I'm getting. I got pull, I hope y'all ready, my tank on full, you know unleaded. I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it. My name gon' hold up, my team gon' hold up, my name gon' hold up, my team gon' hold up, my shots gon' fire, my team gon' roll up, my Nazi twice, my queen gon' roll up. I hope y'all ready, you know I'm ready, I rain all day, you know confetti, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it. I love that album, yeah. it's sick. It's so good, and we had Ryan on the show actually. And, For real? And it was brilliant kind of hearing him talk about the, the lens that, that Ludwig the composer went to, mm -hmm. to kind of research the, you know, the origins of the music and, mm -hmm. and make sure it had that kind of genuine connection with, yeah. with, with the people and the characters that he was talking about yeah. such... You know that you, I think people we take it for granted a little bit in terms of 
you know, we just hear this wonderful creation, but mm -hmm. all the work that's kind of gone on yeah. behind the scenes is, is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time, I can't remember who Ryan was speaking to, but I think he was trying to tell somebody, ah, oh, I've got like, I gotta go, I got drummers, I got drummers in the studio, you know? <laughs> we're we making some drums, you know what I'm saying? Getting the real African sounds. remember like listening properly to the song on the score on the on the, on the film score called the Wakanda yeah. and knowing that that was seeing a, a video of of him singing that song oh that song for me gives me chills <laughs> and and ah oh, I just yeah I just I just I'm so proud of this yeah. project yeah. man next i mean we've got this this play that you're in yeah the end, um, end of january and stuff but mm -hmm. what is next um for now it's just yeah finishing off the play getting through the award seasons with with black panther and just really just being calculated about the next decisions mm -hmm. um i'm gonna team up with john brega is this um, all the stars um yeah we're gonna team up together and play some astronauts in love and space which is beautiful mm -hmm. which we haven't seen i haven't really seen um young people in space <laughs> no, playing astronauts yeah it's yeah. kind of cool um and so obviously john is a previous ee e. rising star uh -huh. winner so there might be a lucky touch there oh man <laughs> listen man god willing that would be amazing um so that would be cool um so yeah doing doing that and there's a lot of projects in the pipeline mm. but just solidifying those but i would say 
very interesting things to look out for. I just want to flip flip the head, f- mm. flip the table over, man, yeah. and just do some different things and work with different directors. So my team are now like sussing out different independent films and different stories right. that are quirky, different, cool. So we're just trying to find the right thing that I'm meant to be a part of and I'm meant to be a vessel for. Um, some yeah, some good things lined up. So I'm just I just hope to make you guys proud. Oh you know? man, I'm so excited to see what's next. Thank you. It's, it's a it's an exciting journey to watch you on. Thank you. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. soundtrack to Black Panther that's Redemption interlude by Zachary concluding the first part of this soundtracking special in association with the EE British Academy Film Awards on the female EE Rising Star nominees it was an absolute pleasure to talk to Letitia and you can catch her in the convert until January the 28th next up it's Cynthia Erivo. Now, Cynthia's forged an incredible career on stage, winning major award left, right and centre for her role as Celie in the Colour Purple musical. 2018 saw her make the transition to the big screen with Widows and Bad Times at the El Royale. As you'll hear, the latter required her to put her sensational singing voice to good use. But we open with a piece of score from the film called Room with an Entrevue, written by our old friend Michael Giacchino. Cynthia, welcome to Soundtrack, and it genuinely is a real pleasure. Thank you. It's congratulations on the EE Rising Star nomination. It's wonderful because you've had this incredibly successful theatre career, Tonys, Emmys, Grammys, <laughs> um, and then you take this step into feature film, yeah. and in one year you have these two kick-ass performances Thank in you. these films, <laughs> and you get this recognition. You must be very happy. Yeah, floating a little Good. bit, to be honest. Yeah, so you really should floating, be. yeah. It's, it's just... <laughs> It's just amazing, really. I, I I don't know that I knew that it would be as adventurous and successful as it is right now, and I'm just sort of 
riding the wave and going with it and hoping I keep just doing good work, hopefully. And the wonderful thing about Darlene and Bad Times Aero was, was it, it really encompassed so much of this, of what you've yeah. done for people maybe who haven't seen you yeah. prior to film in terms of you were able to show off this incredible voice Thank that you. you have and and give people a little kind of insight into to what you're about. Yeah. Was that kind of nice? Because you did Widows first, didn't you? I did you? Widows first yeah. and then and Bad Times. And, and Bad Times was a lot of fun because it, I guess it was like home from home. Yes, it was doing it all on set, but everything was live. So every time you heard me Great. sing, it was completely live. So we, whether you're doing in like 20 takes of it, it was all me singing there and then, which felt like uh, familiar. You know, mm. I knew that world and it was really wonderful to be able to inject that into something new. Yeah. So it felt like... N not too far away from something I already knew. Yeah. It was really cool. And I had such a great support system. They were so wonderful at making sure that I had everything I needed to do that. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. This old heart of mine's been broke a thousand times. Each time you break away, I feel you're gonna stay. Lonely nights that come, memories that flow, bringing me back again. spoke to Steve McQueen about your ears must have been burning a couple of months back <laughs> when we were talking about you. his face lit up as soon as I mentioned your name and he was just just saying you know how perfect you were and how it you know it was your first time on a proper big old film yeah. set yeah but that you just you know I guess because of that will you tell me theatre you have to be able to do everything yeah and you that kind of like theatre feels like the the deep end for, for me I think <laughs> like you just everything you have is what you need for theatre like yeah. you throw everything in it and hope for the best and there's never one day that something isn't interesting because it's always new and you're always live and so if the things go wrong you sort of figure out how to fix it there yeah. and then and I think that sort of lends itself to to doing film and and for me I don't know, I think that there's always an aspect of reality, whether it's film or, or theatre, that mm -hmm. I think is interchangeable between the two. So uh, hopefully that's what I've been using. Mm. She, I mean, when, as soon as you appear on screen, you're kind of like, whoa, who's this? <laughs> Belle, she, both in terms of you, but the character as yeah. well. She's yeah. kind of, she's a force. She's, yeah, she is. She's got a presence and she kind of, and that's really obvious yeah. straight away. Was that on the page? Was that kind of easy to find her and find... How you'd yeah. play her and bring her to life? I, I think it. I think it was on the page because um, Gillian and, and uh, Steve. They, I mean, they're genius, but and I think they wrote her that way. She's she doesn't. She's not a woman of lots and lots of words. She doesn't speak very much, but 
when she does, it's mm. pointed, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it. And I think that that's sort of in her mechanism. There's everything she does is for a reason. There's no wasted time because she doesn't have the time to waste, and she doesn't can't afford it. Yeah. So when she does use the time to speak, when she does say something to someone, it has to move them. It has to make a point. Mm-hmm. It has to change something. It has to shift something. So every time you hear her speak or she looks at someone, there's a reason for it. And yeah. I think that's what was written in it, and I was just lucky enough to wow. hopefully translate it. Yeah. It's really funny because you saying that makes me think when I, I had the absolute pleasure many years ago when I was just starting out of interviewing Stevie Wonder. So cool. Um, and uh, it was a, um, Pavarotti used to do these concerts yeah. out in Italy where he'd, for War Child, where he'd bring all these, you know, incredible musicians and bands together. And yeah. I was lucky enough to be sent out there for MTV. And I remember being sat at his feet, basically, with the microphone holding up to his, <laughs> you know, his complete adulation of this man. And he was huge. Yeah. He was, he's such a powerhouse. Yeah. And asking him a question, and there was always this slightly, for me anyway, it was a slightly uncomfortable silence. But for him, it was his way of just processing and really thinking about what was the right thing to say in terms of it having meaning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was that was just kind of really powerful mm-hmm. so weird you saying that made me kind of think of that and, and you know I think that as humans I think we are really uncomfortable with silence so we <laughs> so we keep speaking even when we don't need to mm-hmm. but I think partially this and some of the other roles that I've been able to play they have taught me that silence is okay mm-hmm. and that when you speak think about what you're going to say and make sure that that is helpful mm-hmm. in some way or yeah. or, or other and it, it, these i guess these characters are instilling some sort of confidence in me when it comes to that knowing that something i have to say has to give meaning to something without just saying it for the sake of it have you always had this voice oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i've been singing since i was five have you yeah but i don't know that i realized what it was until I was maybe 11, 12, mm-hmm. when I realised that it could move people. And so that is the thing, because the, the thing that kept me going is knowing that it made people happy. Yeah. So that's what, that's what it's been about, really, mm-hmm. trying to make people smile, making people happy. Yeah. A friend of mine used to call me when he couldn't sleep and I would sing him lullabies to sleep. Oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. gorgeous. And so I just, if anyone calls and says, oh, I can't sleep, can you? <laughs> then, I, then that's what I do, yeah. <laughs> You've got a go-to lullaby. I just sing whatever song they like. So if I, um, I, I do. Why are you like a sleep jukebox? I guess so. And you know that's not a bad thing to <laughs> it's like so do. So nice. And it helps. You know what I mean? Because it's the one thing that sort of like lulls everyone. Yeah. And calms people down. And you know, that's I find beautiful. Whatever is like easy at the time, we just do it. We st- I used to do it through, when I was in drama school. My, his name, I don't know if you, James O'Cardle, his name is. Uh-huh. He used to call me up and he'd be like, oh, Scottish actor? Yeah. Yeah, I spoke to we him last to, week. Oh, you know, no. Yeah, I went to, to Rada together, same year. Oh, wow, I met, I met him for the first time last week at the Mary Queenie Scots premiere. He's, what? He's and, a, and I saw him in Angels in America. I love him. Whoa. I love him so much. We went to the same, we went to drama, to drama school at the same time, same year, same class. And, and occasionally I would sing, to, sing him to sleep. <laughs> That's gorgeous. <laughs> And he's the most wonderful, wonderful man. So oh, he was wonderful yeah. to me. Oh, my gosh, he's gorgeous. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. When did you, at what point did you know that your voice was going to be part of your career? I think when I was about 15, I realised that I was going to, tr- I wanted to do both. Yeah. And the question is always, like, which do you prefer, singing or acting? And, and... Because I always get that question. Why do you have to choose? This is the thing. And I don't know how to choose. And I tried to choose at some point. And, and, you know, there were times where I was like, I was just going to sing. And then I'm just going to act. But they kept 
bumping into each other. Yeah. And every time I would try and leave one behind, it would follow me. Uh-huh. So it just, I just didn't. Uh, and I, I realised that that was sort of going to be my life when I was about 15. Just yeah. because every time I would go and do like a, an after school project and I'd have to sing in it. Or if I was just going to do some singing, then it would be like, can you put something on this? And can you act something out? And I'd be like... Okay, well, that's what And then finally I ended up doing musicals, and I was like, and I had no intentions of doing a, a musical at all, and it just sort of happened. What was the first one you did? Uh, there was a, a little play called Marine Parade, uh-huh. which, was, which was a play, but it had music in it, okay. and I was singing the whole way through. So random. <laughs> it was one of the best times I ever had. It was like a little play in Brighton, and I was singing the whole time. Awesome. And then the next thing I did was, was it the English Touring Theatre or something like that? And it was a version of The Three Musketeers, and I was playing Constance. Great. Again, music. <laughs> it just <laughs> follows like, what you. What is happening? Yeah, and then I ended up doing um, a, a bunch of different musicals, and, and, which ended up being uh, Sister Act, followed by The Colour Purple. Purple. And at that point, you just sort of go, well. The Colour Purple was so different, though, in terms of it is a musical, yes. but it's not as well. Do you know what I mean? In yeah, terms really of like. It's, it's a play that, that whose emotional uh, peak comes through music. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a play. Got nothing to give you but a prayer. God's gonna see you through to part with you more than I can bear. But somebody's gonna love you. I was so emotional watching the Tony Awards when Oprah introduced you guys. Yeah. I mean, I was emotional just... I mean, I can't imagine how you oh, Laura my God. Feeling. <laughs> that whole entire day was crazy because that day you you get up at ridiculous hours, you go into a rehearsal of your show, and then you go and do the actual show that day mm. before the Tonys. So already you're exhausted. So you're like, everything is like at the surface. Mm-hmm. So you get to this, this show <laughs> and you sit and, and my category is right at the end. So I get there. Gosh, you got to wait. Yeah. I get there, <laughs> you go on, you see everyone else. And then I get ready to go and perform. I perform, I go and sit down again. You have to go back into your clothes and I sit and I wait again. And then at this point, I'm sort of like, well, whatever happens, happens. And they call your category. And I don't know what happened. Something switched off. So I was like, okay, doesn't matter. And I, at that point, it's, it was the year of Hamilton. So as far as I was concerned, Hamilton's easy. That's going to be fine. I'm just glad to be nominated. Great. My mum sat by me and my, you know, I think my agent sat by me as well. Friend sat right behind me. She was also nominated. And they call my name. I don't think I hear it the first time. I don't think I hear it. The thing that makes me know that it happens is my mum grabs my face and gives me a kiss. <laughs> And at that point, I'm like, and you have 90 seconds to get up there. And so at that point, I remember thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I have to get up. I have to get up there. 
Mom, I've got to go. You have to let me go. I've got to go. I've got to go. Leave my face. Leave my face. I gotta get up. I get up. I trip on my dress. I pull my dress from underneath me. And if you look at the video, I swear. <laughs> I swear before yes. I get up there because I have nothing written down. I have no speech prepared, nothing. So I get up there and I just reel off what is in my head. And and the first thing I remember saying is, "Look, mum," and that was that. Oh, yeah. amazing! It was crazy, yeah, and really. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't cry because my makeup artist would be really mad at me. <laughs> um, hi, mummy. Look. Um. Scott Sanders, to Roy Furman, to Oprah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I would not be here if it was not for you. For Alice Walker for writing a story that could last through time and time again. Thank you. For John Doyle for holding my hand all the way through this, from London right to here, and for giving me all the tools I needed to tell a story that everybody needs to hear. To every single person in my cast, you are magnificent. Thank you so much for lifting me up when I'm tired, for holding my hands when I'm happy, for kissing me in my forehead when you know I just need some love. Danielle, Jennifer Hudson, Heather Headley, Jakina Kalakango, you are wonderful women. And I thank you very much for looking into my eyes every night on stage, for making me a stronger woman on stage. Everyone in that theater, Thank you. And thank you, American Theatre Wing, for making a London girl very, very happy. Thank you. Also, oh. Oh, that performance you did with John Legend yeah. at the, the Grammys was, was I mean, those, those things are always very emotional yeah. in themselves, but how, how do you prepare yourself for, for that? And that rendition of that Beach Boys track that you did as well, that, yeah. what a beautiful version of it. Um, he, one, John is so kind. He's just a really kind man. Mm and really cool yeah. and actually super funny too <laughs> um, I don't really know how we prepared for that day because I didn't know my my Grammys experience is probably really odd compared to <laughs> most musical theatre Grammy experiences because <laughs> again that was a really like weird day like I had the Grammy, there's like a pre-Grammy performance situation. It goes on for like three days, doesn't it? Oh my God, it's <laughs> like a really epic production of things and and you, there's the, that day you get so my, those categories like the jazz album and the things like that so mm -hmm. we, I had that category and we, we won so mm -hmm. I'd won at that point so before you start getting ready for the Grammy show I'd already won something so, <laughs> there, so that's one thing yeah. so I go back and I start getting ready and you're sort of having to like prep yourself for this whole because it's a massive moment mm. and it's just me and him on this little podium in the middle of thousands of people and I remember thinking do not mess up do not get this wrong. And in rehearsal, he had said, "Just make sure you like you look back at me." And and I and in the moment, I forget I did not. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, "Shit, I think if I just send the energy back, he'll know that it's just because I'm nervous." And I was, but it also was super surreal to be in that moment with yeah. him as a Grammy winner, yeah, performing Aww. for these people. It was. Unforgettable. I may not always love you, but as long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you.
you should ever leave me Though life would still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be music and you also you did a show at King's Place as well which I wish I'd known about to come and see it's it's obviously you you need to get it out of you the way do you know what I mean you've got this this side to you that that needs to share that side of it is there is there plans to write more is there plans to yeah I mean uh, I was just recently signed to Verve um, oh wow amazing I'm gonna be writing this year and making my own album that's awesome When I say this year's been crazy, it's really been crazy. Wow. Yeah. How would you describe it? Someone said it was like pop soul because I think that's just the quality that my voice has. But I just want to write good music that makes people feel Mm -hmm. good and gives people the space to like express themselves. And I don't know what that might sound like yet, but I think I'll find it. Who's done that for you? Aretha did that for me. I feel like she just made music that made people speak to each other. Yeah. Did that for me. Who else? This is going to sound so silly. Elvis. I just can't help falling in love with you. It's one of my favourite songs in the world. And I don't know if he wrote it, but the way he sung it. It's the emotion he puts into it. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter if he didn't write it because it's the connection he makes with it and the delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You believe him. Yeah, that's what it is. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help Falling in love with you Shall I stay? Would it be want to be Patti LaBelle when I, when I grow up because her voice is endless like mm-hmm. it just goes 
forever. And that is a quality of the single. And she's thrilling to watch. Thrilling. Like her storytelling and her grandeur, Celine Dion has that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to have seen her in Vegas. I don't know if she's yeah. still doing it. Is she still doing it? I don't know, but it was like five years or whatever. You know, they kind of sign up for the residencies yeah. for like five years. <laughs> she's <laughs> still there. Doing my kids are fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Exactly. I'm staying here. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you say, this year's been so exciting, but yeah. what I, I think is really brilliant about you as a, an actor and a creative person is that you are able and not everybody is able to do this where they they're not in a box you're not in a box and you're not a type of thing and i love that about you so you you know you can do musical theater you can do shakespeare yeah. you you've done you know these two very different films that yeah. we've we've had this year and what's to come as well is, yeah. is really exciting but also disrupting the norm in terms yeah. of roles and you know roles that might normally be for men or roles yeah. that might normally be for white women sort yeah. of thing it's important for you to not address that but to kind of yeah. grab hold of that yeah yeah and, and I've been I think I've been making a really conscious decision about what I choose to do because I really want people to see specifically women of color as rounded people we are fully realized people with all the spectrum of emotions you could possibly imagine and and I think that the more you see us that way mm. the more you you can communicate with us you know and I think that that's really important and I want to make sure that I give younger women of all colors and creeds something to look up to mm -hmm. something to look towards as an example that you don't have to play the norm to do well that it's okay to find odd characters who are different and strange or slightly dangerous or slightly risky and and still be able to fully tell a story, mm. still be be able to be fully human and yeah. tell those those stories. Because that's what we are. People are people and we're all different. We come from different places and different walks of life. And there's no reason why we can't tell those stories. Two things you said that I absolutely loved, which was someone asked you, what, what do you want to do next? And you said everything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then the other thing was like how healthy it is to say no to things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've learnt that the hard way, and I keep being reminded. Sometimes I forget it myself, but it is, it is important sometimes just to say no. It can be scary, and I've said this to so many of my friends. They, you know, it can be petrifying to say no because you think, oh my god, if I say no to that, am I going to miss out on something? Am Same. I not going to work again? Oh my god! <laughs> but you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And you say no is only good. And I say this so many times because it's true. When you say no, you make room for a yes. And that's okay, mm. you know. Yeah. That that no might feel like it's massive, but the yes is probably going to be bigger. Yeah. And I've learned that time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a great 2019. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Cynthia, Merry Christmas, and thank Merry you Christmas so indeed. much thank for your you. time. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs> Thank you.
on the soundtrack to Bad Times at the El Royale. That's Hold On, I'm Coming, as performed by Cynthia Erivo, the second of our female nominees for the EE e. Rising Star Award. Now, don't forget, you can vote for your favourite, including Barry Keown and Lakeith Stanfield, by heading to ee.co.uk forward slash BAFTA now. The final nominee to join us on this soundtracking special in association with EE is Irish actress Jessie Buckley. Now, Jessie shot to prominence by finishing second in the BBC talent show I'd Do Anything. And yes, we have of course managed to dig out footage of her performing on that, as well as a recording of her mum, the classical singer and harpist Marina Cassidy. Screen credits to date include War and Peace, Taboo and the forthcoming Wild Rose, which I've had the pleasure of seeing and it is absolutely incredible. It's coming out in April and in it she plays a Glaswegian singer dreaming of making it big in America. But we start with Beast, a film that affected me so much. It's an incredible piece of work, which tells the story of a girl who embarks on a relationship with a man who may or may not be a killer. Now, given the score hasn't been commercially released, we got in touch with composer Jim Williams in order to give you your usual flavour of the movie Soundscape. And Jim very kindly obliged, speedily furnishing us with a number of cues, including this one, simply entitled creepy mix. Jesse, first of all, welcome to Soundtracking, uh, but most of all, congratulations on what I think is going to be a very busy season for you, which kind of started with you winning um, an award at the Biffas for your incredible performance in Beast, and then an E.E. Rising Star nomination. I think there might be a few more to come as well. <laughs> no pressure! But um, let, let's, let's talk about Beast first of all, because... I mean, this is a film that really stayed with me and uh, a character that I could kind of relate to quite a lot as well in terms of coming from a little village in Scotland. There was kind of like, oh, God, yeah, I really feel her frustration and yeah. all that kind of stuff. When you were sent the script, was it something that kind of jumped out to you and this kind of character and this role was going to be something special? Yeah, completely. Like, I think I read 20 pages and <laughs> I was like... It was like being hit by something yeah. or someone. And I didn't know what it was, but I just immediately was like involved with this woman and was afraid for her, afraid of her, like hmm. rooting for her, willing for her to like escape yeah. this cage of her life. And but also afraid of what she was going to be like on the outside, you know? And it just was a, 
yeah, those scripts are very rare that you come across. You know, you meet certain stories at different points in your life as well, and I, I could relate to her. You know, not that I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. psych, you know, psychopathic dating crazy woman. <laughs> although I probably have done that in my time. It's like a few my ex-boyfriends might. <laughs> yeah, was that what you related to? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> Go for a drink afterwards and yeah. discuss. <laughs> But it's, oh, I mean, it's, and the, the chemistry with yourself and, and, and Johnny as well. And did you test together at all? Did you, was, were there any kind of chemistry test type things? I mean, yeah, uh, well, I think um, I'd already come on board and then they were casting and Johnny was in Hangman at the time. And mm-hmm. I think Michael had gone to see, see that. And then we came in and had a chemistry read, which, I mean, they're always, always bloody like. It's like a blind date. It's really awkward. <laughs> And I think they left the room for a few minutes and me and John were like, hello. And we both kind of knew each other from around, but we never worked together. Yeah. Or, and uh, and you're both aware that there has to be something yeah. enigmatic going on for them to like be with you. But you also can't force that. So you're just trying like, to find what that is yeah. or what ignites that as well. Yeah. Um, and then we read and uh, I mean, he's just such an amazing man. He's such a wonderful friend. And... From the get-go, we just were, like, pushing each other and daring each other and really just trying to get as raw as possible with each other. Mm. And uh, and I think when you have a friendship and a trust and a respect there, that enables you to go wherever you want. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I just love him and I loved working with him and I just think he's fantastic. He thinks you're the man that's been killing most girls. Do you think it's me? Hey! Hey, don't walk away from me! What the fuck do you want from me?! I want you to tell me that you didn't do it! I lied for you! I said we were together that night and I need to know I did it for the right reason! Yeah, well, you don't need to lie for me anymore. I'll get through this by myself. Oh, God, I don't understand you. How can you ask me that? I love you and you're asking me that! I remember um, a couple of years ago when Taboo was on telly and kind of going, oh my God, who's this? You know, because I, I, I kind of can't think of what I'd seen you in before that. And it was such a powerful kind of performance in terms of, you know, you were surrounded by a lot of actors who'd been around for a while and had definitely kind of made their mark. And you more than held your own and you more than made an impression being on camera with those people i think i think it was really extraordinary oh. <laughs> it was really was was that uh when you're working with a kind of on on something like that that's so stylized as well is it kind of um does that allow you to explore things a bit more with characters when it's got this aesthetic that's kind of not otherworldly but it's kind of there is something kind of slightly tinged and different about it yeah i mean i think with that Tom is somebody who's going to turn tables upside down and stamp all over them and then repiece them and make his own little world. So yeah. that's the most exciting thing is about you're stepping into new worlds with him and with everybody that's involved in it. And yeah. he's taking a period drama archetype and just making it dirty and making it visceral and, and yeah. kind of what it would have probably you know been more like back then and kind of it was a uh, an exciting time where everybody had not op- had the 
possibility of opportunity. It was just regardless of class, actually. Yeah. You know, you're working from the roots up. And I hadn't, I think I'd done War and Peace, which just before that. So that was a very like fragile, quiet, porcelain kind of character. And then this was this like confident <laughs> femme fatale. Yeah. You know, which I'm not gonna lie, and you're going, oh shit, how am I gonna stand in front of Tom Hardy and be like, <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't know if I'm, you know I'm me. Here. <laughs> yeah. And inside you're going, oh my god. <laughs> um, but he's just, you know, yeah, brilliant. And you just have to do it. Like, yeah. get out of your head and get on with it. And every time you go on set, it's your, it's up to you. You know, you mm. have, you, you have a chance. Yeah. And it's a waste if you if you don't take hold of that and yeah that's what i love that's why i love going from one extreme to the next going from somebody like princess maria to to boo to beast is that all these characters are so individually bold and often extreme in what they're experiencing yeah. and you have a chance to learn as a woman to push the limitations of yourself mm -hmm. and um We'll get on to Wild Rose in a minute, which people are going to be able to see in March, uh, I think. April. Feb is it April? March, April. In March, April. Um, I've been lucky enough to see it. But let's talk about music and where music has fitted in in terms of studying dramatic arts and, and kind of what was your... Did you have a kind of... Not kind of hierarchy of what was most important music acting, you know, or did the two kind of entwine? They have at different moments of my life mm -hmm. been like more kind of forefronty or whatever. And I, before I went back to college, I was singing jazz in around London in different clubs. Awesome. Basically, got drunk one night and ended up singing at a piano. And the guy was like, well, let's work together. I can do that. <laughs> and I had no money. So we ended up having like a slot in Annabelle's once oh a week. Oh my where, God, that's amazing. Yeah. And I had never done jazz before. So I was like learning in front of all these Russian mafiosos. And nobody really listened to me so I could kind of what did you sing the American songbook things like Lush Life and Billy Holiday Billy Holiday <sighs> Ella Fitzgerald wow Stacey Kent all the you know yeah um have you always sung then because obviously I mean I, I didn't even realize that you'd done the I'd do anything the the the, the Nancy TV show thing. I didn't even realize that that was you. <laughs> but I love the fact that you then were asked to do like something and you said no to do that. And you're like, no, no, I'm going to go and do this. <laughs> I know. That, but that's conviction in your path and what and where you want to go. And going through an experience almost kind of like lets you realize what you don't want to do as well, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I don't think it was ever, I, I mean, I've never really like had, oh, I want to go there. Like yeah. I generally just go with my gut and if it feels like, and I remember even that situation, I was so bloody ignorant. And I ca remember calling my agent after the time I, I'd like, I, I didn't know anything about the business. And I think I like walked, I was like, oh, I better go and tell Cameron McIntosh that I'm not going to do this. So I like walked to his house and like knocked on his, his <laughs> office door and I was like, hello, uh, Cameron, I'm not going to do that. Thanks very much. Brilliant. And I rang my agent after, she's like, well, you did what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that you did that. I love that you did that though. It's brilliant. As long as he needs me. Oh, yes, he does need me in spite of what you see. I'm sure that he needs me. 
did some jazz singing and did some concert tours around and that was amazing like I was just getting to play with amazing musicians and learn and like jazz taught me a lot about acting really. did it yeah because it's like you got the basic foundation of a song you know uh, that has been there throughout the time and then the you as the musician and you as the singer and the storyteller take it and and you free fall with it you know mm -hmm. when you pass the baton and dialogue between each other and then you trip up and make a mistake and you go oh shit and you have to like pick it back up and kind of and uh yeah it was a really huge lesson in kind of wow. listening and feeling and letting yourself go with something mm. and then i went to rada and i was doing a little bit of singing while i was there but uh well I lost my nerve with it a bit and they lost, They, uh, you're not like meant to do stuff while you're there. So okay. got a bit of a rap and a knuckles. <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> Love it. Put for a rebel. <laughs> do I mean, it I my way. Been, I could have been a better felon in my life. My felonies have been crap. I remember I got grounded in school for eating, going over the wall to get chicken wings. And then it was like singing at Rada. I got, anyway, I could have done something cool with my life. I could have been somebody. But have you always sung though, like from a... Yeah, my mom's a harpist and a singer. So oh, wow. we grew up around lots of it. And like my memories of as a child is like watching my mom sing. I don't think I ever really wanted to go down that route, you know. Being like a singer, yeah. songwriter or anything. I think for me, music and singing is mine and it's like it's something that I can give to mm -hmm. people without I don't I don't ever want to expect anything out of it or like yeah. earn anything from it. Mm -hmm. It's something that is It's a gift, isn't it almost? Yeah. Like, and I like that. Someone, yeah. And what's been amazing with Wild Rose is that it has I've got to meet two of my <laughs> great kind of loves together and and 
refined what it is for me and like it's just that has been a gift and yeah getting to work with those musicians and ended up writing songs for the film and wow. and like and now I'm not so afraid of actually you know I don't if it makes you happy why shouldn't you do it and like you can tell your story with that as well if you want to yeah. and um so yeah it's I've, I've seen the film twice um Wild Rose and the second time that I watched it I was I was actually on a train and at the, the end of the film I had to put the volume down because I'd started sobbing <laughs> like really sobbing and, <laughs> and I knew that I was I, I, I wasn't there wasn't a lot of space there was a lot of people on this train and I'd started sobbing and but it was the it's the emotional the emotion that's in the music that instantly gets you and it was bonkers just literally hitting mute being able to watch you not hear it and it's kind of like not that it switched off the emotion sort of thing but it's like just immediately reinforced for me the power that music can have yeah in those moments. it's magic oh my god like you know i i, I still don't quite understand what music is and it's what it does to thing. people it totally physical is. thing and everybody has a relationship to it but it's not a way of how we communicate with each other every day but it's a thing that can get right into your heart and like pluck it out and have that just, was me yeah. on the train <laughs> yeah. nice <laughs> slicing me up gently <laughs> you should have been into boo <laughs> how would you describe wild rose because it's it's uh, it's what tell us how would you describe it to people well, it's a story about dreams and mothers and daughters and the complexity of wanting to hold hold and nurture your identity when it also belongs to somebody else. Did you do a lot of live singing in the film? It's all live. It's all live. It's all live. It's so, yeah, you can tell. Which was so was amazing. It, was it? Yeah, and like that's the thing is when you're working with level, like musicians like that, I mean, the whole experience was so enlivening you know no matter how you know because you have to go to a certain thing in that place and she's not she doesn't pull back anything <laughs> <Yeah>. ever <laughs> i like the bit when she sat with bob harris and she she's got a kind of cold because she's a little burp comes out <laughs> and she just blows you just blow out the side of your mouth it's like yeah we've all done that but just maybe not in front of bob harris in their first meeting <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on that burp, I can tell burp. you that much. But that's like, even that kind of thing is like such a, an insight into a character, I think. You know, even little things like that kind of thing. Well, she, that's Nicole. Like, Nicole Taylor is just the most... She's just an amazing woman and an amazing writer. And she's not afraid to let women be seen like that, yeah. you know? She takes away the sheen. She gets right into the nitty-gritty and lets people be people. Truth, basically. Three chords and the truth, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it tattooed on your arm? Or not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I think I've managed, I've just got a little beast one. Well, it, oh, it was wow. something from Beast, but I, I I think I need a few years before I can do it. Wow. <laughs> Might be a bit too keen if I get like that on my arm. Oh, it's. Uh, I can't wait for people to see it. I think it's just really extraordinary. What do you use music at all to help you with with getting into? Characters and finding characters and finding emotions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Like, uh, I always make a playlist. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and, and I love that as well. Like, like with Beast, I use lots of, like, Niels Fram and um, Max Richter and kind of more kind of dissonant, weird music. 
music. I, I mean, I had never really had a relationship with country music before Wild Rose either. I thought it was a bit hick, and uh, then I just fell completely in love with the stories. Yeah. Like, it's simple. The music's simple. It's the stories, and it's a very direct way of telling stories with song and it's always been a genre of music as well where women have had an equal voice to men i think in terms of being able to tell their stories and be honest yeah yeah yeah. more so than any i mean maybe jazz as well when you think about people like billy holiday and stuff yeah yeah but i think that in terms of sort of popular commercial music it's one of the genres i think that's always allowed women to have a voice yeah some of it can be a bit misogynistic but I think like the really good like you look look at someone like Emmy Lou mm. Harris and I mean Bonnie Raitt was somebody that I really hooked into when I was researching and listening to stuff and she's more kind of blues country but it was more her kind of grit. <laughs> Dolly's an amazing character in herself. You met her? No, no. <laughs> I, think I, I did meet, I met Bonnie after we finished filming in Nashville, me and my friend, we did a, like, a music program oh, from like, okay. we drove up to Memphis and then drove down through Route 66 to New Orleans. And then I finished off, I went to see Bonnie Ray live in Santa Fe and I was on my own. I was just sobbing, like I was just wailing. <laughs> and we just recorded one of her songs in Nashville. So I was just like in this loving with Bonnie. And then <laughs> I went and met her and I, I don't even think I managed to string a, did a performance for the London Film Festival, didn't you? Put on a gig. Yeah. How was that? It was great. <laughs> yeah? You want to do more for the launch of the film? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. She Definitely. did a tour. Like, yeah. just tour the UK to launch the film. Definitely. Well, I mean, I, uh, for me, that I, that's much more fun than having to do a silly photo shoot where I just really look <laughs> awkward and out of place. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what's been amazing is this band was put together for the film and we've genuinely become a band. Like, oh, wow. we love each other, man. We just get up and we just have the best, best time. And in a way, I suppose I did like a gig as Rosalind um, in the summer in Kenwood House supporting Chris Christopherson and did it in a Scottish accent, did the one. Oh, <laughs> and it just wow. gave me license to just be wild. And Was that for the film then or was that just yeah. a- Oh, it was, was filmed for the film? No, no, no. no, no, just no. As a oh, kind no, it was just on its own, a oh, separate wow. thing. Oh, man, I wish I'd known that. It's literally two minutes from my house. Oh, really? Oh, oh bollocks. We're next one. Next <laughs> that's, but that's a great idea of kind of taking... Well, you've, you're going to have an album. I know. Which is hilarious. It's brilliant. Um, it's so cool. Yeah, it's... I can't... I can't believe it. Has this, has this experience made you crave that music side of things I mean I know that it encompassed you know the performance is amazing this character that you've created but music is such a big part of this role has that 
made you kind of really crave that side of it? You know, talking about this band that it's created and you're doing these shows. And I don't know, like, long-term, but I do love gigging. Like, we've done some gigs in Green Note up in Camden, which is, like, this little folk club yeah. where just brilliant people have played. And I love playing with these musicians, and I love singing. I love singing for audiences and... Mm -hmm. um, I think at the beginning of the shoot, I would have gone, nope, I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't want to be an actress. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like, do you know what? I really enjoy it. And why not? Maybe. Yeah. I feel like I'm challenged more by acting and I learn more and I grow more. And music is, like I said, just free, yeah. freeing for me. What is next? Uh, so I am just filming a thing called Misbehaviour, which is about Miss World in 1970 and the um, women's liberation movement storming the Albert Hall on the night of the final and cool. causing havoc. I remember watching it as a kid. Did you ever watch Miss World? Uh, I don't know if I watched Miss... We had like the Rose of Tralee. Have you ever heard of that? No. Well, <laughs> Fisher Lass is what we had. It's basically yeah. Fisher Lass in, yeah. in Ireland. <laughs> very huge night for Ireland yeah so we had that but um even looking at the archive footage I just cannot believe yeah Miss World all the shots from 90 are up like they're from underneath yeah all the girls are in like when they get crowned they're in a bloody bikini and like yeah ah uh, so yeah it makes me sad man it makes me sad when you watch those girls and you just go you just don't you haven't been told that you can be something else. Yeah. You know, I've got three younger sisters and I think largely what what makes me choose a role is, is like, what am I saying to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Am I, I want to make sure that they have somebody or can have something to look up to Good that is model. like, yeah, and that's real. And that, you know, sometimes I get a spot. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, you know, I'm tired and grumpy and sometimes I, I'm just a normal person. I'm not perfect. And I feel, yeah, I feel conscious about wanting to give that to my sisters and give that to whoever else wants to watch me. Well, I think you're setting a great example in, in everything that we've seen you do so far and I'm super excited about what's still to come. Thanks so much for your time, Jay-Z. Thanks. It's so great to chat to you. Thank you. Nice. Thanks.
from Max Richter's score to Taboo, that's Zilpha, rounding off my conversation with the fantastic Jesse Buckley and indeed this soundtracking special in association with the EE Rising Star Award at the 2019 EE British Academy Film Awards. Now you can vote for Jesse, Cynthia Arrivo, Letitia Wright, Barry Keown or Lakeith Stanfield by heading to ee.co.uk forward slash BAFTA now. The winner will be revealed at the ceremony at the Royal Albert Hall on Sunday the 10th of February. Any one of these fine young actors would make a worthy winner. And I should say that if you're new to soundtracking, you can catch up with all of our previous episodes via edithbowman.com or your preferred podcast provider. The interviews with last year's EE Rising Star nominees are amongst the 120 or so episodes available. Normal service resumes next time with Greek director Yorgos Lanthimos, who returns to discuss his brilliant new film, The Favourite. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.